the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we have one of the uh, most well-known and beloved stories in the Gospel, the story of the prodigal son. I think most people have heard this story. It's actually the third step on our journey of preparation uh, into Great Lent. And it builds on the first two steps, which were, do you remember, two weeks ago, we had the story of the um, of Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, climbed up a tree, and Jesus said, come down, I want to come to your house today. And he repented. And then last week, we had the story of the publican and the Pharisee. And the, the publican uh, kept his eyes down and said, Lord, have mercy. And the Pharisee saying, uh, I'm glad I'm not like that chap over there, and so on and so on. And today, we have in our gospel the story of actually two sons. The, the first son came back to his father, just like Zacchaeus, just like the uh, repentant publican or tax collector. But the second son represents the perverted righteousness of the Pharisee we heard about last week. And there are two strong lessons for us from this parable. The first is, if we're going to go into Lent in a way which is pleasing to God, we will not judge other people. We must not judge other people. That was the problem of the Pharisee, and that was the problem of the elder brother. They judged. They thought they were so good that they, they were above the other, the deplorables, um, and they didn't uh, want anything to do with them. And they thought God loved them, but not the others. If you're reading your uh, prayers of preparation for communion, you realize that, especially if you use the, uh, the Australian uh, prayer book, you'll realize there that we're all deplorable. Really. If it wasn't for God's love, we would have no chance at all. Um, but the second thing is a positive thing. Uh, we must love. We must love people. And this is what the father did to his son. Even though he'd gone off the rails, when he came back, he loved him. So there's two, two things there. This Sunday is called the Sunday of the prodigal son by the Orthodox Church. So the main emphasis is on the prodigal son, not so much on the older brother. So I want to tell a little story to try and bring home this wonderful message about the prodigal son. And it's a story of a young man in England, actually, many years ago now, who fell out with his parents and he left home never to go back to his home again. This is what he decided. He was so angry and upset and he was a bit rebellious. But like the prodigal son, years later, he came to his senses and he realized that he was wrong and that he needed to reconcile with his parents. So he wrote them a letter and he said, um, I'm going to come home on the train on a certain date. Um, if you're willing to forgive me, please hang a tea, towel, a tea towel out of the window at the back of the house. Because the train actually went past the back of his house, his, his parents' house, before he got to the station. So he could go past, he could see this tea towel and know that his parents had forgiven him and were accepting him 
and then he'd get off at the station and go home. So the day came, and he got on the train, and he's going on the journey, very nervous. He didn't know how his parents were going to respond, um, but he hoped against hope that they would accept him back. So as the train came nearer to the house, he, was, he got even more anxious. He hardly dared look out of the window. But then he looked out of the window as he went past the house, and he could not believe what he saw. Not only was there a tea towel hanging from the window, there were sheets and blankets and tablecloths hanging on everything that could have something hanging on it. His parents were telling him something. Yes, we love you. We forgive you. Come home. And that's a wonderful picture of, of God, really, what he's doing in this parable today. He's saying to all of us, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, how long you've been away. If you want to come back, everything's hung out for you. Because Jesus was hung on the cross. That was the main, the main thing to show that his love for us. So there's a wonderful thing for all of us there to remember. When I tell the story, I'm, I'm almost in tears. I'm struggling to sort of, because it's such a moving story about God's love and how he accepts us. Um, but there's another lesson in there too. We're, we're a church that's reaching out into the community with, with something that's not really here in Australia yet, which is orthodoxy in English. And we're going to get all sorts of people coming into the church. We've got all sorts, they've been all, in all sorts of places. They've done all sorts of things and they could be in all sorts of bad situations right now. And so what do we do with them? Oh, we hang out everything for them. Everything. And we don't judge. Those are the two main lessons from this uh, gospel today. But there's also an epistle. The, uh, the, the Orthodox Church gives us a gospel and an epistle. So actually, if you wanted to title all, all my sermon today, the gospel and the epistle, I'd say it's two sons and two fleas. That's to help you remember it. Two sons and two fleas. The first flea, it's something we shouldn't do. The second flea is something we should do. The first flea is what the prodigal son did. He fled from his father. And that's something we should never do. We should never flee from God. Whatever's going on, however bad we feel, whatever's going wrong, and however hard life is, never flee from God. Because we'll end up in a pigsty eventually, and nobody wants anybody to end up in a pigsty. So don't flee from God. That's the first flee. The second flea is a little bit, bit more challenging, especially for the young ones. <laughs> um, a quick story first to get a picture into our minds as to fleeing. Um, many years ago, in the early 90s, we went back, back to England uh, on long service leave when I was with the Anglican Church. And uh, we, we saw castles and cathedrals and... Uh, museums, we had our two little boys with us. By the time we'd finished, they were, they'd had enough of all of that. But something came out just before we left to come home to Australia. And uh, Jurassic Park came out. Uh, you all, have you all seen Jurassic Park? Many years ago now, yeah. 
and we went to see we went to see that. When we got back to Australia, the headmaster asked them because they had to miss some school to go with us, and the headmaster says, "What was the most important thing you saw in England?" They said, "Jurassic Park." <laughs> um, but there was one scene in the in the film which came to mind as I was thinking about the sermon today. I don't know if you can remember, but there was a T-Rex, a huge T-Rex, foraging for food, and there were a couple of cars, they were out, and they, he stumbles across them. Um, I won't go into all the details, but what happens is that they realise that he's not a pet, and they can't play with him, <laughs> and so they take off in their car with this thing coming after them, chasing after them, you know, snapping at them, trying to catch them, trying to eat them. They were fleeing for their lives. That was the story that came to mind when I was thinking about the next fleeing. Last week we had the story of St. Simeon. Do you remember? Um, an immoral woman came to his place and was trying to tempt him. And he stood in a burning fire. Uh, that was his way of fleeing from this uh, immorality that he was being tempted to partake of. And St. Paul says these words um, in the epistle. Very strong words. Flee sexual immorality. Now a lot of us here, you know, <laughs> we're probably past that. But the young ones especially, but maybe not. <laughs> um, but the young ones especially, this is a big challenge, a huge challenge. It's interesting that this comes up at the beginning of the year at the university. It's pretty the whole university is not listening because uh, this is a challenge for young people today. Flee sexual immorality. Why is this a problem? Why is this something that the church tries to emphasize? Well, at the beginning of uh, the epistle, uh, St. Paul writes, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, some of us might be wondering, um, why are we fasting from food? Why does the Orthodox Church put so much emphasis on um, discipline of fasting from food? Well, eating is one of those strongest drives. If you eat, you live. If you don't eat, you die. So it's one of the strongest passions in our whole being. If we can learn to control this desire, this drive, it will help us to control the other drives we have. And one of those drives is the sexual drive. It's a very strong drive, and it's a good drive. It's a God-given drive. It's been put there by God for a very good reason. But it has to be under control. Um, what often happens in our lives, we have the body and the spirit. The body is controlling the spirit. And what the church is saying is, we want the spirit to control the body. So we learn this through fasting from food. And then we apply that discipline to other areas of our life. And one of them being sexual immorality, which in our culture is rife. It's legal. Nobody turns a blind eye if you do it. But the reason it comes up in the scriptures is because St. Paul is saying, and he's been saying this for 2,000 years, if you want to follow Christ, and this is one of those things you need to have under control. 
Not the body controlling, but the spirit controlling. Where do we go? Where do we flee to? Young men, where do you flee to? Just don't want to run for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in my readings, actually this last week is amazing, uh, reading Proverbs chapter 4, um, we read this, Secure wisdom and it shall, it shall exalt you. Honour it and it may embrace you. That it may embrace you. In the English Standard Version Bible, one of my favourite translations, it says, Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honour you if you embrace her. So we run to the arms of wisdom. That's what the scriptures are saying. Run into the arms of wisdom. Get all the wisdom you can. If you read chapter 4 of Proverbs, it's saying there, um, get as much wisdom as you can. The father is saying to the son, um, just soak it up. Um, find it, love it, just like you would love a woman you're trying to marry or recruit or whatever. Uh, sort of in, um, romant, romanticized. Um, now, some of the girls, you're probably thinking, oh, why am I telling the boys to go off and um, chase wisdom? You know, what about us? We want to get married, we want to have children, and so on and so on. Well, the good news is that if the boys go off and seek wisdom, they will find that it's wise to get married and have children. <laughs> Whereas at the moment, they might be thinking, all I want is sex, right? Sorry to be so blunt. I'm talking here, this is the way the world is today. So men, you go off and get wisdom, and you'll realize that marriage is the best, wise thing you can do with your lives and have children, right? So hopefully the boys are happy and the girls are happy. That's the plan. Um, girls, uh, you have to help the guys here and uh, you have to uh, overcome your passions as well and say no uh, before you're married, which is hard. But today we have a, very, we have a special. We have a special. Uh, if you're under pressure in this area, and uh, you're finding it difficult to say no, here's a way out. You can tell the person who's trying to pressure you, uh, say, if you ring Father Jeff and he says it's okay, then it's all right with me. <laughs> all right? So uh, that's a special for today. Okay. So uh, the summary today, two sons, two fleas. The lessons we learn from this, don't judge. Doesn't matter where they've been, what they've done, where they've come from, where they're at at the moment, we don't judge. We hang out everything for people coming back into the church because that's what God has done for us. That's what God wants to do for them. Secondly, we flee. We don't flee from God. Never flee from God, even when it's hard. And it's been very hard over the last couple of years. But don't flee from God. Hang in there. But secondly... Flee from, specifically this morning, sexual immorality. It's one of the things which will undermine our culture if, it's let, if it goes too out of control. Well, it is out of control. It is undermining our culture, no question. So we as Christians, we as Orthodox Christians, flee sexual immorality, okay? But that's only one of the passions that we overcome. Uh, remember, it's the body... Uh, doesn't control the spirit. The spirit must control the body. And that's why we fast. That's why we also give alms. That's why we pray. That's why we read the scriptures. That's why we come to church each week to encourage each other, to take communion, the body and blood of Christ, to give us these uncreated energies that we need all the time. 
if we're going to survive our journey through this challenging life. Yeah? I want to leave you with one final thought uh, about the prodigal son. So we go away with a positive thought. This is from uh, The Way of a Pilgrim, which is a classic book on the Jesus prayer. It's a Russian book. And uh, it says here, the love, uh, the love of God gives grace a thousandfold more than human actions deserve. If you give God the merest might, God will pay you back with gold. If you but purpose to go to the Father, he will come out to meet you. You say but a word, short and unfeeling. Receive me, have mercy on me. And God falls on your neck and kisses you. Just like the father in the story of the prodigal son. So today as we come for our communion, remember God loves us. He's running out to meet us. He's falling on our neck. He's kissing us. He's loving us. Thanks be to God for our loving heavenly father. Now to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, be ascribed all might. Make